Genre. everyone, and welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we're watching the 1990 live-action Turtles movie one meditating minute at a time. I am your host, Scott Tofty. With me again for Friday are Chris, Rachel, and Adam. Hello, friends. Hi. Yo, friend. Hello. And, uh, oh, jeez. You all right? <laughs> he was stretching. Oh. <laughs> we are in minute 60 today, wrapping up our week. Nice uh, we want to thank Chris Ayers for hanging out with us this week uh, for the first three minutes. Uh, excellent, excellent guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Runs again. You can go catch his appearance on uh, uh, or his other podcast, the DC Legacy Filmcast, and the People v Batman v Superman. Go check those out. Um, so today we're on minute sixty, which starts with Leonardo beginning his meditation, and it ends with Donatello in a way starting his. <laughs> involving a little bit more fire and marshmallows though mm. yay um so leonardo meditating this this is sort of very typical of something i would picture leonardo doing like he seems like the one turtle that would engage in sort of the spiritual side of yep martial mm-hmm. arts ninjutsu bushido i don't know whatever philosophy goes along with whatever splinter's yeah. teaching He's he's the one that's going to be practicing calligraphy and doing his like sumier painting and and uh, you know learning to play various instruments and and just sort of being the good son. Yeah, he's like he's he's the cultural one in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want you guys as we talk our way through this to and I'm talking to my host, my co-host here. Pay attention to the amount of neck seams. And mm. folds in the costumes that you see in this minute. I don't mm-hmm. know if we were on a, a tight budget for this shoot in this particular locale. Oh, we were. But there, it seems that, and it might just be the Blu-ray, the DVD transfer, there's a lot of visible, visible flaws in the costumes, um, or at least seams in the costumes. The first one, when Leo tilts his head up, you can see the, uh, the, the bottom of his, the, the headpiece. And it's even fraying. Like mm-hmm. it's already yeah. starting to wear and crackle. Um, it even looks like some of the, the, the paint on his chest piece is starting to fade away also. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of got a, a little bit more of a brownish hue. Do you to think it this might have been late in the shooting process? So you maybe, know, you know. it's like maybe they shot the farmhouse last. Yeah, it's, it might have. I would assume that this is one of the things that they shot in North Carolina, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't look like a soundstage in this shot. It looks like they're out in on no. a location shoot. Um, Hopefully not in summer. I, well, they filmed it in... Did we talk about this when this movie was filmed? Like uh, when, I don't remember. A bit. When we were trying to figure out what movie he went to see. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we we know it was filmed in '89, mm-hmm. um, and we know it's set in '89. Um, but I don't know if we know specifically when production began. Let me see if I can find that real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, production do- during the summer of '89. Huh. All right. Well, they melted. So they are in hot latex suits out in yeah. the woods in North Carolina in the summer. Yeah. All right. Well, that happens. So we we hear him take a deep (laughs) breath, and we have this we have this droning sort of synthesized string sound kind of playing on the splinter theme. 
Um, and then we cut to Splinter in what is perhaps the most visually disgusting shot of the whole movie. Yeah. The extreme close-up on the wet rat Splinter puppet where his <laughs> hair is all matted and his eyes are puffy and purple and bloody and his actual eyeballs are yellow. Yeah. His nose is bleeding and his whiskers are all bent. Got a bit of the conjunctivitis. Yeah, it's, man, he is one gnarly-looking rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adam, have you ever gross. worked with a puppet that disgusting? Uh, well, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> not on the outside. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, you thought they smelled bad on the outside. Nah. <laughs> um, can stay just... warm. Well, we, we, we had uh, the, the original the original puppet for um for Artie on Welcome to Anadonia was really was already old. And his eyes were made of styrofoam, and there were like dents in his one eye. So he he always looked filthy. Yeah, like so he was always a little bit grayer than he should. So have been. did Harry. Harry always looked gross. But yeah, Harry was really old too. Yeah. Um, are we to believe that Splinter and Leo are communicating on another plane of existence? Is this a psychic connection? What's this going is just on here? X Men. <laughs> Um, this is just Star Wars. This is just Star Wars. <laughs> He's like, come to me, this my is, X-Men. This is just Star Wars. <laughs> well, it's also just Star Wars. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Since X- when, X-Men is just Star Wars. And it's about Wars, to get so. more Star Wars. Yeah, I guess. Since when did these two have a psychic connection? That seems like something that... Since this movie. Eh, I yeah, I was going to say, okay. it sort of originated here. It's not something that we see in any of the other... I don't think it happened in the cartoon or in the comics. I'm sure the car in the cartoons they did some sort of mystical something or other that I just can't remember. They get but, really into the mystic side in the IDW books. Not to be the guy who keeps bringing those up. No, I mean they're the IDW books. We are need fantastic. a guy to bring those up. You stand on that wall. Sir. Listen, we all have our specialties here. That happens to be yours and puppets. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess. And shooting puppets. television sets. Yes. <laughs> And apparently Noids. You have a lot of weird quirks, Adam. I know, a weird. The, the longer you get to know me, the weirder it gets. It's true. Somebody who podcasts about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles five days a week is weird? Yeah, I'm no. like really opening up about myself to total strangers on this <laughs> No. Um, that seems like a perfectly well-adjusted individual. Yeah. So after yeah. we after we cut away from the Splinter close-up, we get an extreme Leonardo close-up, and this is really <laughs> where you can start to see some wear on the turtle suit. That you see the really visibly frayed uh, neck joint. The his sort of chin area looks like <clears throat> it's been patched and repaired and smeared <clears throat> over with other bits of foam, rubber, or paint. He just needs paint. to take a bath. <laughs> yeah, it's it. You, I feel like this must have been towards the end of a shoot because the puppets definitely look like they've been put through the ringer a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, still work well. His eyes pop open and we see that he's received a, a psychic message and he bolts as quickly as possible. Um, Leonardo, beautiful brown eyes we get to find out in this scene, which is ironic considering he's the blue bandana <laughs> turtle. You'd think blue eyes, but no. Mm-hmm. Rachel keeps going back and forth with the with the video on him opening and closing his mouth. I want to give him that. Yeah. I, I'm not doing we it. Could, just, yeah. well, well, let's make that happen, and we'll put that in the show notes. Okay. That would be a good one. <laughs> um, I wonder, have we fulfilled all of our show notes' response? We, we've saved that we're going to put yeah, so many yeah. things in the show notes. I think we're doing pretty good. I think but, we're doing okay, but I'm sure we're missing stuff, because it's I'm the one call that call goes through and, and, and edits. Yeah. So... I don't always listen to the whole episode when I end it. I kind of skim. And, I try to, uh, I'm, I try to I'm post sure things up as I listen to them. I was going to say, I feel like we're at least getting it into the Facebook group. Yeah. 
yeah, on the day I, that the show I, comes out. I usually out. try to do that. Go like to the if Facebook there's, group, If people. there's something I mention or I remember it, I, when I'm listening, I will try to put it in the Facebook group. Yeah, I do I, listen to the show every day, which is weird, just sitting around listening to you. I, I do you too. narcissistic fool. I know, right? <laughs> Welcome to our generation. Uh, I love hearing me. <laughs> I, I said that to someone at work. Like, I was working with my headphones on. They were like, are you busy? I was like, no, I'm just listening to my own voice right now. What's up? <laughs> Uh, so then this is perhaps one of my favorite little sequences and maybe the most memorable sequences in this movie. Not only is it another (laughs) one of those sort of musical lines of dialogue, but just visually this always stuck with me. And I, for the life of me, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I love Trivial Pursuit and I played it as a child with my family and I relate to the turtles in this part. Um, makes it's them so, feel like more of a family to me. But uh, It's so singable, though. Yeah, so do it for us, Adam. Go what, for it. What Russian novel embracing more than 500 characters what is Russian set novel set in the Napoleonic the, War? Yeah, that's the one. I thought Napoleonic Wars comes first, doesn't it? Mm, no, embracing more than 500 characters is set oh, in no, the Napoleonic Wars. You were right. Wars. You were right. I and was then, wrong. And then Donnie immediately goes, mm, oh, War, War and Peace. peace. Mm-hmm. He, knew, so, he knew like halfway through. This yeah. is like, this is also the, the one part of the movie where we sort of get to see Donatello as the brain, you know, mm-hmm. as does Machines Guy, as the smart one. He sort of, he's portrayed as kind of cerebral in the film. Like, you know, when Splinter gives mm-hmm. the speech early on in the film about not being here forever, Donnie's like, hey, did you guys think about this? And Mikey's like, I'm thinking about pizza. Mm-hmm. Um and he's, you know, running through the alphabet with Casey, trying to be creative and uh, yeah. help fix the car. But this is really the first indication that he's, like, also well-read and smart. Yeah, I think, I think uh, as we established, Leo is the one who's going to do all sort of, like, the, the culturally, you know, ninja-related things that Splinter would want to do. All the stuff that, you know, he grew up watching from his cage. Uh, he'll, he'll do the—Leo will do that with Splinter as sort of, like, a, out of a feeling of this is what I should do and this is who we are and what I am. Um, that, that, that'll do it. And I think Donnie would do it, too, but it would just be more of his curiosity and, like, he would also be doing a lot of other things. Yeah. Uh, did you guys notice the colors of pieces that Donnie and Mikey are oh, using wait. on Trivial oh. Pursuit? Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I did Donatello's using the I didn't purple, notice those colors at all. purple pie. Oh. And Mikey has the orange one. And unfortunately, I don't even know if there was a red one because Raphael is using like a teal or a green yeah. uh, wedgie receptacle. Yeah, that's what I called it. <laughs> uh, I also like that Mikey... That's terrible. Mikey points at uh, at Donnie like, oh, yeah, no, he's right. Like, he knew. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was just testing you by not answering. Like, yeah, he's so, right. Back to the costuming here. Not only can we see a horribly visible seam on Michelangelo's neck, but his right arm is incredibly wrinkled in this scene, and it looks like the arm of a 90-year-old turtle man hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah, and Raphael yeah. is beginning to grow what looks like breasts. <laughs> his 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 chest plate is puffing out in a very awkward way. Yeah. I also oh, no. I also really I, I just noticed this. I like Raph's body language as he's reading the card. Like he doesn't even want to play this game. Yeah. You know he's losing by a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm rushing novel. <laughs> or or he's so dejected that he's not even playing. He's just reading the cards. Although there yeah. are three pieces on the board. So, 
And that's one of those things. It's probably like the I couldn't for the longest time I could never win Trivial Pursuit as a kid because the only set of cards we had were like from 1977. Oh yeah, right. I, I right. Have a set of that. But we so just this started is probably to this is probably one answers. of those old classic sets, and They're like not the only one who knows any answers. Oh really? Mm-hmm. No, it's not from 1977. Trivial Pursuit was actually created. In December of 1979, and get this, Montreal, <laughs> Quebec, Canada. You don't well, I'll say. Be. Oh. The now, 70s, anyway. It it peaked in popularity in around 1984, and in that year, about over 20 million games were sold. Uh, in 1988, the rights were sold to Parker Brothers, which might explain uh, the inclusion in this, Parker Brothers being somewhat more of a uh, nationally recogn- recognized company. Uh, Company mm-hmm. uh, might explain why it shows up in a movie in 1989. It is very much part of the cultural zeitgeist. Interesting. As of 2004, nearly 88 million games had been sold in 26 countries and in 17 languages. Wow. I have the 30th anniversary edition. Oh, wow. I like, believe I have I the know. pop culture edition. In addition to a couple of specialized like Star Wars and other ones like that. I, I once played I once got really bored. Um I think it was at a beach house or at a friend's house, but we played the eighties kids version of the game. <laughs> and, and you could only win a piece if you got the answer verbatim. Oh. Like that was the thing. Like you had to not only get the answer right, but but somehow precognitively know how they actually wrote that answer on the card. Mm. And it got really intense. Like, th- I remember at one point throwing the board across the room because the answer was, uh, was she's a mermaid? Mm. And I said, she is a mermaid? Oh, no. And he was like, no, oh. that's wrong. It's she's a mermaid. <laughs> that's just, no, that's terrible. That's yeah, so pedantic. Was, that's there, was, there was an ancient one that's not up, fun. Up, at, up at your grandparents' mountain house. Yeah, it was probably like from 79. Yeah. Is this the mountain house where you shot the television? So, yes, one in the, the same. same. One in the same. Huh. I feel like it would be fun on one of our weekend shows to have a short segment of Trivial Pursuit amongst us. <laughs> I feel like that would be a good time. Maybe we can do that. Or um, we could play a, a round of Cards Against Humanity and Trivial Pursuit. Why not? I feel like on a PG-rated show, True. we should maybe stick to Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> maybe apples to apples. There, I, there we there go. You go. Apples All to right. apples. Um... So Leonardo comes busting in the door. We get this really cool shot of him. It's almost like a Texas chainsaw massacre angle where like it's from like the knees shooting up at Leo's silhouette as it bursts through the doorway. That this would, would be, be another, one. another, another uh, clip in the horror movie trailer cut. Oh, well, shout out to Toby Hooper. He actually he just passed away. Oh, Toby oh, Hooper. yeah. The, OK, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Right. He's the director. Yeah. Sad. That is sad. Way to bring us down, Scott. Yeah, but I didn't do <laughs> it. Especially to our listening audience who have maybe perhaps moved on from this months from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Way to bring that back to people. <laughs> <laughs> we just got over it, man. Oh. Uh, so Leo comes in. He's like, he's alive. He's alive. And I catch some dialogue here. I always heard sort of Donatello say, hey, hey, hey. But then Michelangelo says, thanks, Spaz. Is that yeah. Michelangelo? I think that's Mikey saying that. Because that voice almost doesn't sound like any of them. 
It's almost like they just kind of stuck it in. Yeah. Some other ADR guy. In this minute, like, their accents are a little, like, thick and weird, and they kind of sound a little drunk on Robitussin. It's (laughs) it's, it's just, it's throwing me off. That's why I think this may have been late in the movie. Everyone was just done. Yeah. There's, I'm at about 33 seconds into this. Can you guys do me a favor and just move your cursors to 33 seconds (laughs) through this minute? (laughs) And there's a shot of Michelangelo looking up. And are you familiar with Bobby Moynihan on SNL? <laughs> yes. He just looks like Bobby Moynihan's version of Drunk Uncle he's like, from he's SNL. Bite, the way he's biting his bottom lip. He's, oh god. He has like or such a almost, weird chin. It's yeah. almost very Chris Farley in a way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Leo stomps all over the board, and they get upset. And he's like, "He's alive! He's alive! Splinter's alive!" And Donnie says, "I know, Leo. We all think he's alive." The Donatello, the most patronizing member of the family, mm-hmm. and the mouth uh, movement on Donnie there is do- yeah. bizarre. Yeah. yeah, Donatello is definitely the most mansplainiest. <laughs> yep. And in this scene, turtle splaining. Mm-hmm. Not only can we see the seam in Leo's costume, but we can see up into that there's like a gap between the neck and the headpiece like a like a one inch gap that you can actually yep. probably stick a yeah, couple you fingers can, like in the back it's yeah like you could stick something up under there and be like i've got your brain <laughs> <laughs> um stop picking your skull and he says i don't think i know and then Corey feldman gives us this great huh <laughs> like the worst huh? most stonery huh that you've ever heard. <laughs> mm. um, I don't know if maybe they recorded the dialogue towards the end. I don't know. The whole, this, these couple of minutes, 59 and 60, there's just something a little off about them. It would make mm-hmm. sense to save it for the end because they don't know how the suits are going to hold up to the heat out in North Carolina. Everything else was shot like in the dark and on sound stages. It, I, 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 think, I think it makes perfect sense to save this for the end. Yeah. yeah. Also, most of the people making this movie did not expect anyone to be watching it one minute at a time with a True. pause button. So. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "This is a throw in high def, on high def screens." <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we should just be amazed we don't see a zipper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we then cut to the fire scene, the campfire scene. We get uh, Michelangelo, yes. Michelangelo blowing on the campfire. We cut to Raphael, and Raphael's boobs have gotten bigger. And there's a visible crease. You brought us out. He's becoming, a, he's becoming a young lady. <laughs> he's blossoming. <laughs> it's they time. are teenagers. Uh, um, but yeah, there's another one of those lines. What's a guy got to do to get some food around here? Leo, if you brought us out here for nothing. <laughs> it's like Raph's and it's little like old weird, church lady like, voice. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like weirdly like quiet old person like eh. you brought us out here i'm not this. angry anymore the head injury took it out of me <laughs> now seriously they need to consult a neurologist because this change in attitude is dangerous and mm. body weight well do you think his do you think he's got his shells all messed up because he got beat up so bad that's entirely positive it's just swelling the swelling hasn't gone down yeah. yet it's yeah. just his shell is dislocated <laughs> <laughs> ouch um so there's one thing that bugs me in this scene, and if you listen very closely to Donatello's line where he says, don't worry, I came prepared. There's a weird little echo on it. So to me, as a, an audio engineer, that would indicate that wherever Corey Feldman recorded this line was not properly uh, dampened for, mm. for reflective sound. Uh, mm. 
or he was simply too far away from the microphone and catching more of the room sound. Kind of like this. If you talk this far away from the microphone, you get that echo. Um, yeah. Are yeah. you trying to tell me something, Scott? <laughs> I, I I'm not a nice demonstration anything. of the principle. <laughs> I give Adam angry eyes almost every episode because he's leaning way back. Yeah, I sit like way back away from the mic sometimes. You know, when we do the sequel, we'll have to get you another microphone. We're, yeah, we're planning we're, on it. We're saving up for it. <laughs> Speaking of, please go to Patreon. Yes, duelinggenre.com slash support. Become a subscriber today. <laughs> you want this to sound better? Then give us Make some Adam money. sound not bad. <laughs> Make Adam sound better. <laughs> uh, my, my little uh, snowball can only handle so much. Audio grading. What's again. your What's your favorite way to roast a marshmallow? Not like this. No, I you like don't, golden a, brown. Golden brown. I like Adam, a metal. I, Adam, and, walk us through your method. Uh, I I I'll first kind of like like run it across the flames like real quick, but then I try to hold it like way above the flame and turn it. Get it nice and toasty, nice so and like golden brown. Rotisserie style. Yeah. All right, Rachel, what about hot. you? I just light it on fire. <laughs> yeah. Get, get it over with. You're I a like girl the, I like, after my own heart. I like the metal stick because then it's not going to catch on fire, and I just hold it in the flame, and when it's on fire, I blow it out and put it right. with some chocolate. That's carcinogenic, though. Yeah. yeah I, for you. I, like, I really liked that when I was a kid, like, you know, the catching it on fire and getting, like, the crust on it and mm-hmm. sort of, like, it's so soft inside, like, you, you squeeze it into the s'more and it mm-hmm. just oozes out. And I'm like, oh, it's so creamy and delicious. But yeah. now, nowadays, I kind of, like, I hold it, um, like, I the way I make my fire is, like, I kind of hold it just under the flames mm. where it's a lot less hot and I just kind of turn it there slowly and I let it get soft and I don't, I don't burn it anymore. See, I'm a big fan of light it on fire, but I'm also a very finicky stick picker. So mm. when I'm out looking for <laughs> sticks for my marshmallows, I'm very particular. I, I think I think you just named the episode, Scott. Finicky stick picker. I think that's it our next T-shirt. Like, it sounds like a Hanna Barbera police officer. <laughs> Hi, I'm finicky stick, stick picker. picker. You'll never get, get away with that, wagon. droopy dog. <laughs> or, or it's a Dick Tracy villain. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. is it stage left? <laughs> it is a Yogi Bear character. <laughs> I'm a very finicky. It's Edwin again. <laughs> I'm a very finicky thick picker. Oh, I'm very Wait, what, what is this character? Is he a raccoon? <laughs> yeah, no, he's no, absolutely a raccoon. From, what was the ranger very particular from, uh, from about Yogi. what thick that I'm such a thickler for? Oh, no, he's a beaver. Uh, I like yes, him as a raccoon. He's a beaver. He's because he's got to make his dam, so he's so he's very oh, yeah, oh, he's very yeah. particular uh, about the stuff for his dam. And it will give the it'll give like you know this '50s '60s cartoon show the opportunity to say "damn" all over. Mm. Oh, 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 damn! The, anima- the writers will be so happy they'll be like "damn jokes." Yay! I am, I am making a note on actual paper Finicky right now. Stick paper. Finicky <laughs> stick picker. I am going to draw. Finicky stick, stick picker, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna put him on a damn t-shirt. Yeah, a um, damn t-shirt. I feel like I feel like he needs really big glasses. I'm sort of envisioning very the large better glasses. with which to pick sticks. Yes. Pick perhaps sticks perhaps some sort of pocket time. protector. His favorite game: pick up sticks. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, that one'll stick. Kerplunk. Whoa, whoa. Hmm. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> you guys remember, remember that time we came up with Finicky Stick Picker? <laughs> that was a good time. 
Yeah, but my least favorite way to do marshmallows is is what what he does here, where he's got like a bunch on like the scraggliest, ugliest, unpicked stick. Yeah. Can we? <laughs> Can we Gross. look at this from a production standpoint? Yeah, so this there's was a guy in a do. big rubber suit lighting marshmallows on fire, and there's no way he can blow them out because he, he, there's, he can't blow breath through that suit to blow out hmm. fire. So there's he's, a, he's handling open flame, and, and those suits have to be mega flammable. Mm-hmm. There's 100% a guy just off frame. Like, we just can't see him with a fire extinguisher, mm-hmm. like, right in Donnie's face. I want to see when they yell, cut, and you just see a giant cloud of white smoke cover everyone. It's like, yeah. did, did we get it? No. All right, back to one, like, three hours later. All right, are we ready for this again? And the worst part is you know that no one in that scene was able to eat the marshmallows. Oh. Like it was Wasted all going to the grips and the sound these, guys and the, the these marshmallows were sacrificed for nothing. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, this is a weird sequence. It's this is where the movie sort of gets into bizarre territory. We're about to mm-hmm. get into it in minutes like sixty-one and onward. Um, yep. But this whole farmhouse time that we've we've seen this week going all the way back to minute uh what 56 mm-hmm. it's to me a really good character building sequence it shows you a lot about who each person is who each uh turtle is and lets them lets the family relationship bloom without the craziness of having to be fighting the foot or being in the city like it's it's a nice deep breath and a a nice examination of the dynamic between all the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what a lot of the other turtle movies that came later missed. The Michael Bay ones don't really have this stuff. The sequels to this don't really have, even the CGI one in 2009 or whatever didn't have a lot of this, but the, the filmmakers were smart to sort of let this movie breathe a little bit and let a sequence like this happen. I think it, it helps a lot. Mm. Someone cut me yeah. off. I'm starting to ramble. <laughs> that's an excellent point scott yes a plus all right ending this on a very philosophical note this week mm-hmm. anything else guys uh, i'm tapped no, out i, I want I'm marshmallows pretty now pretty good i think we have some i, w- I want to build a fire i want yeah, finicky too. stick we picker. should do that this weekend <laughs> yeah. i want to go outside and pick some sticks we're gonna build a fire this weekend you're all invited oh, yay! i mean ah. Take oh, pictures no. of uh, roasting marshmallows. You're not yeah. going to find oh, out oh. about this till way too late. Yeah. You're all invited. <laughs> all right. It already happened. What? <laughs> Time all right. Travel. Well, make sure you guys head over to Twitter and uh, follow us at TMNT Minute. Make sure you go on iTunes and the Google Store and leave us reviews and really nice, I don't know. I don't have another word. Reviews. Uh, <laughs> Five-star reviews. Uh, Patreon, our duelinggenre.com slash support is our Patreon page. The Facebook listener group, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute listener group, join that. That's where most of our uh, community is interacting with each other. It's a lot of fun. Our our listeners are sharing some really interesting stuff. We're sharing merchandise with each other on Mondays. We've seen some cool stuff. Our favorite pizzas on Fridays. uh, And just lots of cool things that we find floating around related to our favorite uh, anthropomorphic turtles mm-hmm. um so yeah thanks for hanging out with us we'll see you next week on minute 61 with uh i don't someone think i don't think we have a guest next week oh, oh yeah wow. we do yeah we do we absolutely have a guest next week i'm sorry 
It's insert couple, name here. Listen, I've been looking over the schedule, and there's a couple weeks coming up where we're going to be back to just a foursome. It hasn't happened in a while, so and okay. I got a little confused. We definitely have a guest next week, uh, and you will be delighted when you see who it is because it's it's someone who's a, a member of the podcasting community. Um, you might know him, you might not, but he's a turtle fan, so he'll be talking with us. Thank you guys for the crew oh, here at Teenage so. Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. I am Scott. That is Chris. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah, that's <laughs> Chris. This is Rachel. Hi. Goodbye. And that's Adam. Howdy, you all. <laughs> and uh, well, we're not doing that again. That was a bomb. <laughs> we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Uh, cowabunga.